Welcome to the Inspiring Tech Leaders podcast with me, Dave Roberts. This week, my special guest is Barbara Cotardi, the European Chief Information Officer for Vanguard. Barbara joined Vanguard in September 2020 after an extensive and impressive career within HSBC spanning more than 16 years. During her time at HSBC, Barbara held the role of Chief Information Officer within retail banking, as well as being a Chief Operating Officer and a Chief Risk Admin Officer. Barbara has also worked for Fortis Investments, Reuters, and Peregrine Systems during her career. She has a master's degree in business administration and business management qualifications from the University of London and Cambridge Judge Business School. Barbara is a true business leader and an extremely capable chief information and operating officer focused on delivery, determined to bring structure to chaos and build high-performance teams. It's fantastic to have you with us here today, Barbara. Thank you very much for inviting me. It's really exciting to be here. So how did you start your career in technology and was it the career path you expected to take? Well, that's a really good question. Um, I think I probably classify as one of those that took a random path into technology. Um, I graduated at the University of Venice um, and I wasn't really sure what to do. Um, And it was, I'm going to give away my age if I go on the day, but it was the time where Ireland was benefit of the Celtic Tiger period, and there were a lot of benefit for companies to have their tax base there. So they were looking for people with languages. I did modern languages at high school, and then I did business administration at university. So I could speak Italian, French, a bit of German, and I thought I could speak English, uh, even if I realized then that Irish is a very different language. So I landed there with my suitcase and I actually have to admit, I spent a few first nights in a hostel. And when CVs were still a thing, I went around and distributed my CVs around Dublin and I got a job in a technology company. So my very first job was actually in a contact center support for Visio. Um, And then I I started working for a company called Peregrine Systems, uh, subsequently got bought out of HP. But that's where my technology trip started and I was working for Siebel. So were you working for Peregrine out of Ireland? or Dublin. Did you come to um, London at some point? I did. Um, After the second summer, I decided I wasn't born in the right country for the weather. (laughs) Um, And I thought I wanted to come back to Italy, but they offered me a transfer to London. So I thought that was on the way back and I could do a one more stopover. But as you can see, I'm still stuck here. My husband is British and I haven't really fully made it back yet. That stopover took a little bit longer than you thought. <laughs> it did indeed. <laughs> but you, you've gone on to have an incredible career with HSBC, more than, more than 16 years, I think. So, so tell me more about that journey. I owe a lot of HSBC. I think it's been an incredible career there. I started as a test manager. I ended up getting married, having two kids and changing different jobs through HSBC. I think the beauty with HSBC, it's a big global company and you can change role constantly if you're up for it. And there's so many opportunities all across the globe. So I guess my my drive my drive for inside is always to kind of try and challenge myself so I found that after two to three years in a role when I can do the role and there's nothing challenging me I was looking for something else and that's how the opportunities have 
come across. So as you can see, I've started as a test manager, project manager, program manager, head of IT. And then I guess I had a bit of a crisis, if you want to say, am I doing the right things? What am I going to do? And one day on the internet, there was this aspiring COO program. <clears throat> and I looked it up and say, well, what does a COO do? Mm. Um, and I quite like the sound of it. Um, so I applied for that program. I got accepted. And that's where my few years of COO started. So I was lucky enough to work in the legal department for a couple of years, which was an incredibly interesting experience. And then I guess I missed the, the speed that technology worked, that no offense to the lawyers, but I think it's a bit different from the legal department. And that's I went back into technology. Um, and then a, a CIO role came across and I was really missing the, the delivery side of the technology role and really partner up with the business. And, and that's where I think that's what I really love now. I think it's one of the things I really enjoy about working in technology that it's it's always changing and you can compare that to uh, other areas yeah you know, as you said you know, legal and finance and things like that they don't tend to change as as rapidly as technology and I think that's one of the things that really keeps me engaged so I can I can understand your yeah that that being your motivation to to return back into a technology role but uh, you, you then um yeah, after quite an incredible time with uh, HSBC, you you made that decision to to leave and to get go and join Vanguard as their European CIO. So, what what was the what was the driver to do that? Oh gosh, um, that was probably the hardest decision I've ever had to make, and I think I wasn't actively looking. I think I started talking to someone in. They were looking for a European CIO to lead Vanguard. To be perfectly honest, my initial reaction, I wasn't interested. I thought that the way the original CIO worked in the construct I was working was a bit like a minister without portfolio. Um, and that's not my cup of tea or not what I'm good at. So, But they assured me that they really wanted to drive change. There's a lot of opportunity and talking through I was really impressed with the the values of the company, what they wanted to achieve, what they've achieved in the US, and then the opportunity they had in Europe. So for me, the, the challenge is what really, really attracted me. And I think that's that's where at the end I decided to give it a go. So that's why I'm here now. So what sort of size team are you you managing within Europe and how does that fit into the bigger global picture? Um, so Europe is is definitely growing. So across, if you look at the kind of Europe, we've about 150 people, but we've already kind of grown quite a bit in the last six months. In the, it's nothing compared to to the size they've got in the US. But but I think that's the beauty. I think we've got people in the UK and we've got people in Germany, and we have the advantage of being able to leverage the knowledge, the, the solutions, the skills that they, um, they're back in the US. Yeah, very similar to me. So I work in a company that is headquarters in Canada, but I, I'm responsible for that region outside of North America. And I think working together with that larger team helps you to create IP reuse across the entire 
global organization so you can take the, the great ideas and, and the innovation that's coming from all different parts of the group and apply it into into your part of the the business is, is that a similar way that you're working within vanguard yeah and 100 percent and i think that's what i'm i'm kind of trying to instill into the culture so having done in hsbc a lot of i mean mainly just global roles so you're used to lead kind of program teams if you want from a central location but you have people all over the place from vancouver mexico down to hong kong china india so you kind of get used to work in a matrix organization and it doesn't really matter where people are as long as you build a, a kind of team where trust is there and the right structure for them to, to be empowered to de- deliver what the customer wants um, i think the key thing is you will never be successful unless technology is really embedded with the business. So it's really important that in a region, you, you need to realize it doesn't matter where the work gets done, but you, you've got to have a core team of people next to the business to work with them, to um, understand their needs and to be able to help them prioritize what needs to be done. We just need to be careful on creating big central teams because that's where i think things go wrong where technology tend to focus on something that is really interesting and challenging from a tech perspective but sometimes gets absolutely zero benefit to customers or to the business one of my motto is i always try not to reinvent the wheel so if you find someone that has already gone through the past has already built something has already failed and learn or test and learn we can take that i think we can actually move at a much faster pace absolutely agree i think it helps to drive better efficiency within the organization as well so it's not just an external view but also internally learning from the path that other people have already taken and what works and what doesn't work so so what types of projects are you working on or involved in with vanguard at the moment I'm kind of going through a bit of a, let's call it evolution. So I found the structure from a technology wasn't really fit for purpose in the direction of travel. So I'm working in partnership with the business to try and adapt that and moving towards more a kind of a product aligned organization. The big focus at the moment is on the D2C business. So trying to, um, if you want to modernize the, the architecture that we've got in create a much more nimble architecture made of more microservices like microservice components to allow a fast time to change to market because at the moment it's all a bit let's say slow for the customer and i think we we can get much more by doing a few changes and decoupling from the kind of the existing back office so that's i think is really exciting there's so much out there in the market and the teams is is really growing and they've got some really good ideas the business is really up for the journey so that's that's really good and at the same time i think b2b is still strong component of the business and i was talking yesterday with the head of b2b about things that we could do and she made a comment on, oh, we never thought about technology. When there is a problem, we just throw people and processes to it and we just need to get better. So I think there's a lot more we can do in increasing efficiency and making, you know, financial advisor and our sales population, you know, sales force much more efficient by using technology as an enabler instead. And with the democratization of technology where 
technology uh, systems and platforms are a lot more accessible than that they've, that they've ever been. How do you go about creating that culture of innovation within the group and harnessing that innovation, but in a way that's controlled and with, with some governance around it? So we talk about it and I, I think I'm sure you do the same. It's a really interesting topic, innovation, because it's something that when you do your employee survey, people always want more innovation and they always look out there and they want to do something different. I've worked in a big organization where innovation sometimes becomes a good badge that people want to do because you can do the cool things and have a lot of PR and do a lot of, meet a lot of interesting people and travel around. But sometimes they just have got no relation with the existing ecosystem infrastructure. And when you're trying to productionize that, that's where everything doesn't work. We're definitely looking out there and keeping an eye on the market, on uh, what's happening in other industry or another organization. We're quite connected as well in the kind of with the with the FCA and with the government and how they are pushing fintech and supporting fintech to help the finance industry. I think open banking has been a really good success. So I'm hoping open finance will be the same. But we're incentivizing people to really come up with innovation day after day. And we've got some kind of tools and some ideas on what we're asking people to bring to the table. I think we've got a really big, uh, um, if you want discrepancy on people that have been with Bangar for many years, and then all of a sudden, a lot of people coming in new with a lot of fresh of ideas. And I'm trying to harvest in these ideas before they get molded into the, the kind of company and things. And then we lose their different way of thinking. So with cybersecurity being such a high-profile topic, I guess, at the moment, and we, we, we've seen recent ransomware attacks in the news, and it seems to be prevalent in, in, in a lot of uh, where we work today, how do you go about ensuring that the organisation remains efficient and reliable, but also, more importantly, secure? So we've got really, there's a really big team out of the US on cybersecurity, and we have, um, there's a really good guy leading the organization with big team uh, you're absolutely right I, I think it's a really critical point that you know in HSBC I think was well understood and uh, a really hot topic and when I kind of came to to this role I found we needed to do more on Europe so we've really uh, created a strong link with the team in the US we're getting all the engineering to do a security level training at a different level and we are kind of doing information training and uh, getting people up to speed on different processes. I think as many companies do, there's a constant check for vulnerabilities and potential threats and issues. One of the things, and I don't know what what you see in your organization is, especially being in technology, people are very good at creating dashboard and picture and charts on which color the vulnerability is. But the shift we need to do is to be able to explain the risk to the business. And I think that's the challenge uh, because otherwise it's seen just a technology issue and it's not. It's actually a wider company issue. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Yeah. P- people being the weakest of, link. <laughs> exactly. And some of these things always end up at the bottom of the backlog. And if you're in a rush, you, you kind of don't prioritize these changes. And I think that's not a very good practice. 
We're going through lots of cybersecurity training. It's something which that, that continual raising of awareness to the, the wider organization, as you say, because you can have all the systems in place from a from a technology point of view, but from a social engineering attack, that is where the the human becomes the the weakest link in, in that chain. So it's a, it's an ongoing um, battle, I'd, I'd say. <laughs> um, when you're communicating with the board, though, what do you think are the, those key factors needed to demonstrate the value of technology? This is a cliche of a sentence, but technology shouldn't be an order taker. It should be really the enabler on uh, for organization. We want to be a digital business. And my view is you can be a digital business just because you've got a website and you don't have a branch and people interact to you via a website or URL. I think to be digital, you really need to have front-to-back automated processes and reduce as much as possible their dependencies on human, which doesn't mean you need to get rid of people. It means that we can actually use people to do much better jobs that we're asking them to do, like checking documents or copy and paste information from one place to another. So I think it's really important to be able to explain the strategy. And what I see, the technology strategy shouldn't be just your architecture view but should be how do does technology support the business strategy so when i create something i always think these are the business objective this is what we're trying to do and that's how technology can enable the success of the strategy and of course you always have options and i think that's the kind of open discussion that we need to have what do we prioritize what's this sequence that we get that live to customers and, and at the same time i think we need to be able to monetize what we put into production. I mean, it's probably the same you've seen in your career. We're always focused on technology doesn't deliver and technology has to deliver this and that. But we're never very good at measuring the success of what has been delivered or kind of measure how the features and the functionality that's been put into production has actually been received, which I think is something we need to get better at. I uh, absolutely agree with you on that. What do you think your career highlights have been to date and what has been the, the proudest moments in your career so far? Oh, gosh. Um, I was looking this week, Someone something came up on LinkedIn, and I think uh, I'm definitely looking back at um, my role as CIO for the retail business banking. And that's where HSBC uh, moved the kind of small business from the kind of commercial banking into retail banking and relaunch the proposition in certain markets like Mexico, uh, Canada, US, China, Malaysia, France. And why was it a proudest moment? I think I learned a lot. I started as a team of one uh, or a team of two. I was fully embedded into the business and there was a fantastic leader in the business that really truly believed that to work, we really need to be a, a really one cross-functional team and trust each other and work together. And I think that really changed my perspective on things. It also was incredibly focused on numbers and numbers across the business and the different countries. And I think he taught me how to look at things more broadly. So from a technology perspective, when you have a limited budget, you don't just carry on and do the project you've been asked for at the beginning, but every quarter you kind of challenge yourself. Is that still the right decision? Do we need to support a different country? Because that's where it's making more money or more success and, and so forth. 
yeah definitely I think that's where it, it wasn't like working in a group of different team it was more working as a as a real team and a group of friends who trusted each other and one of the things I've learned I think before you if you don't trust people or if you're working in an environment where it's a bit difficult you spend a lot of energy trying to attend meeting and you have to be there and careful of all the emails that get sent front and back and all of a sudden where you know that the team is all working towards the same aim and you know everyone trusted each other the level of energy that you spend in kind of going to meet and be there all of a sudden doesn't need to be spent like that so you can actually focus on doing your job and you know there's someone else in the meeting will bring back the information that you need and, and kind of you keep moving so I think that was quite powerful I think trust is a really important thing I agree with that. And one of the things that I've spoken to other people about, they said, you know, you've really got to enjoy the journey. You, you spend so much time in, in work. You have to enjoy what you're doing. That's clear in all our roles, isn't it, really, with the passion that we bring to it. And you've got to enjoy that. It does. And I think we talk a lot about diversity and inclusion and it's becoming like a, you know, an easy word to say and an easy badge to have. But Diversity is really important. If you really have a diverse team and people accept each other for the complementary skills they bring and they can support each other, it is so much stronger because you can use people uh, on what they're good at and they can help you what you know you're lacking. And I think that's so powerful. Absolutely. So what's next in your career journey? Oh gosh. Um <laughs> I've got to get this done properly, right? So I've only been in the role for 10 months. So there's definitely this challenge is still there. But as you said, I think during lockdown, like many of us, we've had much more time to think, to put things into perspective, to consider what's really important and what made us tick. For me, it's been, I've certainly increased my running distance. So that was one tick for me. Um, but the other things, I, I really, I feel I've been really fortunate enough to work for a company like HSBC, where it allowed me to travel across the globe and make meet a lot of people and make a lot of friends, learn from a lot of cultures, and you know, meet extraordinary people. And I, I just feel I, I want to give something back. So being a vanguard is great in the role, in the challenge, but I'm doing quite a lot of mentoring. And, and that's where I think I'd like to be able to help and support more people and more, I don't know, I'm quite passionate about women having kids and being young and struggling to go back to work, how we can support that more. And I'm hoping that also COVID has helped that a bit in that direction. And again, I'm kind of considering that some roles than non-executive director and see if I can help charity or sport or education company and bring the experience that I had um, to help some of these kind of people or to do the next step. You're absolutely right in what you say about COVID. If there's if there's any positive to come out of the, the, the global pandemic that we've been through is that it, it, we're, we're all now looking at new ways of working which is helping people to achieve a better work-life balance and also enabling that that greater diversity in the workplace as well. It's, uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be in a set location at, at a set time. And that, that, I think that is providing a bit more flexibility for people to, to balance their, their personal lives with their work lives. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. I think 
I don't know what you think, but when I had my kids and now they're 11 and 13, uh, flexibility and working from home was the same thing. And and for me, that was a challenge because I didn't mean working from home. For me, it was, can I just work a different hours pattern because small kids need mm. something different? So Hopefully that's, that is a positive change that will come out of this, this global pandemic that we've been through. What was the best bit of advice that you received during your career ascent? And, and what advice would you give to others who are perhaps just starting out on that journey now? I think probably the kind of best moment, two maybe. One, someone told me to get a, an internal sponsor, someone sponsor uh, within the company. And I think that's a really good idea. But what it, it was a bit of a difficult time for me on I wasn't really sure what to do in the bank and there was one role came up and I went to see one of the board member that was really leading the lead um, the retail banking and I came in into his office and I said I'm not I've looked at the job description and I'm not really sure I can do that and he said don't be a woman and read the job description because a man would never read the job description and just go for it you'll be able to find and I is that kind of go for it and don't look at all the details and I think he said when you try and change a job you've got the foundation and you've got transferable skills and then you always need something that you learn and something that'll challenge you and I think that's that really stuck with me when I kind of look for something else or when opportunity come up is that bit of transferable thing skills that you can feel comfortable whenever you go wherever you go where you change and then that kind of 20 30 percent that you know you're just building up the knowledge and it'll take some time and then the bit that's going to challenge you which help you to grow and then go to the next challenge so what I do tell people is make sure then have a go at things and just don't give up but also be very clear what what they're looking for and try not to run away from the current situation or the current job just because I think if you run away from something you're always going to run away and you'll never be happy in what what you're doing. I think that's really good advice. So it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you today Barbara. I'd just like to thank you for being part of the Inspiring Tech Leaders podcast and sharing your career insights and experience with the audience. So thank you very much. Well thank you very much for having me and hope people enjoyed our chat. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast and stay tuned for more inspiring tech leaders.